What up, HyperChange? Welcome to another episode. Today, we're talking about Tesla's Q2 2020 earnings, doing a preview of what to expect when they report financials after the bell this Wednesday. It's that four time a year Super Bowl that Tesla investors get a look behind the scenes at Tesla's business, get to hear from Elon Musk and the management team themselves. So pumped for earnings. So, I want to run through what I'm estimating financials wise and also what sort of tidbits I'm looking for for Tesla's management to discuss about the business because we're going to get a ton of clues about what has been up with Tesla. So, let's jump right into it. These are the quarterly vehicle deliveries that we got at the end of the quarter. Tesla was able to come through and deliver 90,600 cars in Q2. This was up about 2% sequentially. I mean, this blew away everybody. Like I personally was expecting about 50 to 60,000 deliveries this quarter, just sandbagging myself, super worried about this coronavirus. The, the Fremont factory in California was shut down to start the quarter for over a month. I mean, this was looking like a bloodbath and has been for almost every single automotive company. Yet Tesla, you know, put just massively research of production, uh, Model Y's entering the market like crazy. Tesla's gig factory in China was ramping and offsetting some of that decrease in the US. And all of a sudden, they're able to post 90,600 deliveries, blowing away everybody's estimates, um, YouTubers and Wall Street's heading you know, at the beginning of Q2. So just to start, I want to say how much of a tremendous and awesome quarter this has been um, for Tesla. Now I know what you're wondering, how do we translate that into financials? So this is a spreadsheet. I'll put a link in the description that I use every single quarter to sort of do a rough guesstimate of how much um, the, the revenue and gross profit Tesla will generate based on their vehicle deliveries that are reported. So I've actually chosen to break out here uh, the Model uh, Y. As you can see, the Model Y, 1,266 deliveries in Q1, 20,000 in Q2. These are not official numbers from Tesla. Just wanna make that super clear. This is just my estimate um, for myself and Mo at Hypercharts that we came up with. Um, additionally, Troy Teslike, he's an awesome Twitter account to follow if you wanna get granular on these delivery numbers. But anyway, this is just an estimate, not official from Tesla. But so these 90,650 deliveries, um, I estimate how much automotive revenue that will do by putting in an average revenue for per car and just multiplying deliveries per revenue per car. Pretty simple, but it works. And it's important to keep in mind there's a ton of things I can't calculate. Like there's, you know, regulatory revenue from a bunch of different automakers that Tesla gets that's super lumpy quarter to quarter, not directly tied to, you know, vehicle production. There's the amount of revenue they get recognized from autopilot revenue. Um, there's just a ton of different things that go into this actual revenue per car and gross margin leasing. Um, but for me, it's just a rough estimate to get the ballpark of where the revenue will be based on that delivery's numbers. So last quarter, Tesla averaged about $58,000 in automotive revenue per vehicle delivered. That was actually up from last quarter, which was surprising given the Model S and X continue to go down, but I guess they had more Model Y performance. Anyway, so I assume that this comes down a little bit to about 56,500. That leads me to about automotive revenue of 5,100 or 5.122 billion, uh, 460 million in service revenue. This is my estimate. As you can see, service revenue tied to supercharger use and a lot of other things uh, was down pretty big or was down, like had been increasing, but then goes down uh, based on coronavirus, I'm guessing. And so I don't know, I was kind of assuming that less people driving superchargers, less people getting service and maintenance as everything shut down the first part of the quarter. So a little lower service revenue to 460 million. Energy revenue, I think is still gonna get hit really hard, just sort of conservative here, saying 275 million, way tougher to install solar and batteries with all this coronavirus pandemic. And so that led me to an estimate of about 5.857 billion in total revenue. I assume gross margin of about 20%, which is lower um, than the 20.6% last quarter. Once again, just trying to be conservative here. And I get to about 1.17 billion in gross profit. So now let's go over to hypercharts and see how all this translates into 
financials um, a little more granularly. So this is hypercharts.co slash Tesla. Um, this is if we toggle it on with my estimates, actually all through 2020, sneak preview here. Um, you, I'll put a link in the description to check out my estimates as well. And so um, just before that, so remember that gross profit we were just talking about, 1.17 billion there on that 5.857 uh, billion in revenue. And then in terms of operating expenses, I just wanna zoom in and show you how I extrapolated this changing. We have 627 million last quarter, a little bit decrease in SG&A. I have that going back up to 700 million and then continuing to record of 800 million, you know, stepping the foot back on that spending uh, for Tesla here. Then with R&D, sort of similar pattern, back up, going to record 400 million by the end of the year. Um, so I sort of wanted to assume that Tesla picks back up their expenses. I don't know if these are too conservative or aggressive. We'll see. But those are my uh, cost assumptions. And then that leads me to my operating income estimate here of 121 million in the quarters. Just to make this a little clear to zoom in, this is what Tesla's quarterly financials were um, heading into Q1 or heading into Q2. They had 300 million in operating profits on 6 billion revenue last quarter. Remember, I think it's gonna get on a little bit. So we're looking at 5.9 billion with about 100 million of operating income. So as you can see, this is down a little bit. You know, I'm expecting like a 5% decrease um, year over year in revenue, just pretty similar to deliveries there. But that profitability there on the bottom goes from a, a swing from a loss of 200 million to an, uh, a gain of 100 million in terms of profit for Tesla, at least on an operating income basis because of you know cost efficiency, manufacturing uh, efficiency improvements, just a whole bunch of stuff, China getting off the ground, Tesla getting more and more profitable on its core business. Um, and I think we're gonna see that carry through to the inf income statement, which is really, really exciting. But now here's what all of you are wondering. Will Tesla report a gap income statement? Because this is operating income. It excludes a couple things like taxes, interest expenses, um, and those will add up to potentially make Tesla have a loss this quarter. So if you remember last quarter, Tesla had 283 million in actual income from operations, like I'm saying, but gap net income was only 16 million. So about a $240 million difference there between gap net income and net income. And so if a lot of people are assuming that if Tesla is able to achieve positive, uh, post positive gap net income this quarter, they'll be included in the S&P 500 getting that massive tailwind added to that index fund. But, you know, my estimates are showing it might not happen because if their, you know, operating income goes down from that 283 to about 120, you know, that 240 million difference is going to imply about a gap net loss of about 120 million. So that's where my numbers are at now. Remember, it's conservative, 120 million. It's totally up in the air. But here's the thing that's really going to move the needle for Tesla, regulatory credit revenue. So this has been something that, you know, has not gotten too much attention. It did a lot earlier when people were saying, oh, the only way Tesla makes money is relying on these regulatory credits. Well, here's the deal. With every car that Tesla sells, they get this credit um, that is used by governments around the world to basically, uh, that other automakers need to offset the emissions of their ICE cars. So basically for every ICE car they produce, um, they're getting penalized. And for every EV they uh, car companies produce, they're getting this credit. So Tesla only makes EVs. They're getting all this excess of credits they can sell to other car companies who don't have the credits because they're only building ICE cars. And so the value of these credits is sort of correlated to the amount of vehicles Tesla produce because they get one per car. So as you can see, I don't know, it's kind of been really lumpy um, for the past five quarters or six quarters, but then we got a huge spike um, you know, it's been between 100 million to three, 200 million. And then we got a huge spike to about a record of 354 million last quarter. A lot of people are implying that that um, is showing this new credit deal with Fiat Chrysler that Tesla signed, where they apparently are getting like 2 billion in credits over a couple years, quarterly starting kicking in in 2020. That's my assumption of what's going on here. And that's about a 200, 250 million a quarter times eight quarters is about 2 billion. That's sort of a consistent thing that's going to happen for about the next two years or so. Um, and so I think Tesla could once again get this 200 million you know, year over year bump from fiat revenue. And if you remember, I was like, well, Tesla made a profit this quarter despite less revenue. I think a big swing thing swing the needle on that is gonna be this fiat credit revenue. As much as people are talking about the car business, how many cars did Tesla sell? Like this weird sort of back end accounting 
you know, governmental credit revenue uh, is actually what's going to potentially move the needle on profitability. So that's something really important to keep in mind um, in terms of whether you're watching the S&P or not. But does it really matter? You know, to me, I'm not really, I don't really care that much about S&P 500 inclusion. I don't really care that much about regulatory revenue. Like I'm invested in Tesla because I think this is a great business at selling cars, regardless of getting regulatory revenue, regardless of being included in the S&P 500. I think Tesla is a trillion dollar company just selling cars outright. And that's the value of my investment. So a lot of people always ask me like, what do you think about S&P? 500 inclusion. What do you think about the revenue creditor revenue? You know, I'm like, it's great. But these are sort of like structural things outside the core business of Tesla. And what I really care about is that core business being more valuable because that's going to drive the real value of the investment in the long term, not sort of S&P 500 inclusion or not. But anyway, that's me getting sidetracked. I do think Tesla will be able to report a small gap operating income this quarter, probably a small gap net loss. But now let's go into Q3 and Q4, what I'm expecting ahead. So this is what my delivery estimates are going forward for the next two quarters. And this is where I think it gets really exciting. This is why I think Tesla stock has been on an absolute tear because uh, that 90.6 thousand was great. But I think next quarter is going to be a blowout record deliveries. I mean, remember, they did 96,100 deliveries, uh, 90,600 deliveries with Fremont shut down for a month. Now in Q3, we have Fremont booming back up and running, not just with Model 3, but with Model Y exploding. We have Gigafactory China, which is also poised to have a record quarter. I think could add about 50,000 uh, units delivered in Q3. Then you got, you know, 90,000 from Fremont. Fremont's done all, like 100,000 alone. So I don't even think 90,000 for Fremont is that crazy. Um, and we'd be looking at about 140,000 deliveries in Q2. And then I think they can continue ramping to about 185,000 deliveries um, in Q3 of this year. And just to go back to my spreadsheet here to show you, how this all breaks down, 80,000 Model 3. I have Model Y going from 20 to 50,000 in Q3. I think this is like the biggest thing that's happening for Tesla right now is the Model Y is just totally shattering everything in the automotive industry and is going to be like the best selling car ever uh, you know, in America, probably crushing the Model 3 in terms of best selling car by revenue um, when it really starts to get to launch and like and anyway, that's my theory. Um, and I think it's going to be a real cam cannibalizer for the Model 3. Like, you know, Apple, uh, they cannibalize a lot of their products, the iPod with the iPhone. You know, this is just what happens with these great technology companies. If you don't disrupt yourself, someone else will. Tesla's disrupted itself with the Model Y. And I personally think Elon Musk has been very, very adamant about it not cannibalizing Model 3 sales. I think it will cannibalize Model 3 sales significantly. The Model 3 is crushed Model S and X sales. I think this entire, a lot of the theories about which consumers buy which cars because there's certain types of cars, I think is really backward looking logic and statements of like, oh, there's this many luxury sedan buyers. There's this many luxury SUV buyers. There's this many crossover utility buyers. That way we can calculate how many cars Tesla's going to sell. That never works. Tesla's shattering every norm. It's electric. You know, I think it just totally changes what people think of when they think of vehicle categories. And I think so many people buying Teslas just want an electric Tesla. They just want a Tesla. And they were buying Model 3s. And if they didn't really need a sedan, they really wanted the Model Y, but they, there was no Model Y. So they just bought the Tesla. Now there's the Model Y. So I think there's going to be a significant amount of cannibalization a lot more than than the industry or Tesla management's expecting. Not actually a bad thing at all because Tesla's just disrupting themselves with a better product, but that's something to keep in mind. So I think Model Y is going to start outselling the Model 3 if it doesn't happen by Q4 2020. Q1, a lot of that depending on China, but Anyway, so I have Model Y ramping here from 50,000 to 75,000 by Q4, Model 3 going from 80 to 90. I think US, North America Model 3 sales are very weak because of Model Y. China is really going to be the driver of Model 3 sales here. Then we have S and X, which I have going from 5,000 Q3 and Q4 to about 10,000 in uh Q4 of the uh, 5,000 in Q3 to 10,000 in Q4 because of the introduction of the Plaid mode Model S. I have, I'm, I'm sold. 
I think there's a 75 to 85% chance that on Battery Investor Day, Elon Musk rolls out with a Plaid Model S on stage, um, and that's gonna it's gonna be an epic car. I think they actually are probably gonna drop the Model X too and discontinue that. That's something I've been talking about. So if that happens, I'll have to adjust these, but um, I think there's gonna be a huge jump in Model S and X sales with this new Plaid refresh that's coming, so that's what I'm pricing in there. But anyway, I also, because of that, have the average selling price revenue per car going up to 58,000. This implies you know over 10 billion in automotive revenue in Q4. In terms of other revenue segments, I, pay, I assume service revenue picks back up as things normalize, energy revenue picks back up as things normalize as well. I assume gross margin stays flat here at 20% just because there's so much that goes into this that's hard to know ramping programs, um, just regulatory credits, one-off things. I actually think there's a huge, tremendous upside for Tesla's potential of 20% gross margin, but that's just me. Um, but I just assume that to be conservative. But anyway, now let's get into the fun parts. So let's see what this does for hypercharts. If you go to my, I plugged all these estimates into hypercharts, here are the deliveries here, um, assuming those Model Y, here are the revenue segments. I mean, Tesla's business is poised to absolutely explode here. So this is what it'll look like um, through Q4 with all my estimates. Um, I mean, let's just zoom in on gross profit here. Goes up to 2.35 billion a quarter, you know, way higher than it's ever been. Tesla's core intrinsic profitability. This will lead operating income to go up to 600 million plus potentially in Q3, over a billion potentially in operating income in Q4 alone. I mean, so that's kind of what I'm expecting. Super, super moonshot. Remember, I did show you those costs that I do assume are going up. So much goes into this. I'm a little bit nervous. I'm trying to caveat this because all of my research is showing that, you know, Tesla's, they're sort of at break even right now. So for selling, they were losing money, then they were at break even. But all these incremental vehicle deliveries with their fixed cost structure are putting this gross profit right to the bottom line. And Tesla's operating margin is going to show massive improvements. I mean, this 1.15 billion an operating profit is is uh, translating into an operating margin of almost 10% for Tesla, up from 7% in Q3, up from the 2% I'm assuming in Q2. So Tesla's operating margin here, while the gross margin has stayed kind of flat, has trended massive positively. And I, I think, you know, for GM, traditionally these automotive company, companies are scratching pennies of profitability for every dollar in revenue. Tesla, by Q4 of this year, could already be doing almost 10 cents in profit for every dollar in revenue. This is way before self-driving. This is but when full self-driving costs eight or $9,000 per car, not 20 or $30,000 per car. And we're already talking about Tesla being one of the most profitable car companies. So this thesis of the Apple of the automotive world of Tesla shattering every norm and profitability for an automaker is really unfolding uh, like we've never seen before for any other company. And that's why this is defying all these valuation metrics. That's why people are like, oh, GM or Ford, Tesla looks so valued on a price sales basis is because they're about to shatter the record for profitability per unit of any mass market auto company for decades. And we're seeing that evidence. So I get nervous saying that and looking at these numbers because I'm like, no company would have ever done this. Like Tesla's going to be delivering at a run rate of almost a million cars per year to end the year. And they're going to be doing it at 10% operating margins. I mean, this is, and so sounds too good to be true, but I think this is when I crunch the numbers, I'm like, T tell me why I'm wrong. I think Tesla's about to get stupid profitable. Um, and that's what we're seeing next year. So really, really exciting about all of that. But now let's caveat that with some bad news. Okay, or try, it's devil's advocate here. Tesla's recently started launching a lease for the Model Y. And so, you know, a, a, Tesla has so many different de demand levers. They also dropped pricing for a bunch of different vehicles that were not the Model Y. Then they did drop Model Y pricing in the quarter. Now they're offering lease pricing for the Model Y. So all these levers that Tesla's pulling seems to indicate that demand is sort of normalizing or maturing for Model Y. They've gotten through that backlog. Now they're sort of in a steady state sales in the middle of a global pandemic. And I think it's important to keep in mind for Tesla bulls like myself, like we always assume Tesla can just sell every car they produce. And so these estimates that you're seeing of me assuming massively ramping deliveries for Tesla, you know, this is basically just production. 
production. This is me basically saying if Tesla, you know, goes and keeps booming, production expands, they sell every car they produce, this is what deliveries will be. But I think there's a real possibility that at some point Tesla's gonna, you know, meet that demand equilibrium, especially with this massive uh, global economic headwind, you know, that could happen. So I don't know, that's just something important to keep in mind and be looking out for is like, where is the steady state demand for Model Y and Model 3? And, and the good thing about all this, what I'm really getting to is this, if, I, if you add all these up into an annual delivery chart, you know, we're looking at 504,000 deliveries this year. And remember, this is, yeah, so this is my estimates right now of Tesla is still looking like they're on track if they hit these numbers to deliver over 500,000 cars this year, which was their guidance. That that was what Tesla said, setting going into this year pre-coronavirus. This is going down all time in terms of business accomplishments for Tesla, the company that was infamous for not hitting guidance, for hitting targets that they couldn't achieve to really learning their how to uh, over under-promise and over-deliver, manage expectations with the market, figure out the Wall Street game, despite you know, they, they're gonna beat their guidance. This is unheard of for any company to beat their guidance in Corona, especially Tesla, the company who's famous for not meeting their guidance. So this is big, this is huge, huge deal. And I think all of this strength that I've been talking about is what's driving the share price. So now, countering some of my positivity with some negativity, let's go to energy installations because uh, solar deployed. This is something that we've been waiting to bounce back since the acquisition of Solar City. The solar roof continually, you know, two quarters away from being ready for mass market production and ramping like crazy, always around the corner, never happening. And that was supposed to happen in Q4, then Corona in Q1. So I've been really underwhelmed by Tesla solar installations. And I've been bummed because to me, this is, you know, a solar roof, it costs you a Model 3. I think the potential for Tesla to get into the energy generation market and have just as big of a business by putting sun on every single roof in the world and giving us access to all this energy that hits where we're living every single day is huge. I think, you know, this is one of the most biggest, like I'm almost more excited about the solar roof than electric cars now. Because electric cars, like done deal, did the Model 3, every car company switching roofs innovation is still low. Solar innovation is still very low. Tesla needs to push the needle here. They have not found mass market product fit in solar um, and I'm waiting for it. And so this is something I'm going to be really curious and watching. Unfortunately, I don't think we're going to get too much exciting news about this because Rona, I think, makes it very hard to install um, solar installation. So that is what it is. The Tesla semi-truck. This is something that I guarantee will get mentioned on the, or I, I guess I can't guarantee, but I think will get mentioned on the conference call just because we've seen Nikola stock. I mean, Nikola stock has been soaring I think the company's basically vaporware yet valued at like $20 billion um, for this hydrogen, you know, sustainable zero emissions truck. In response to that, it seems like Elon Musk and Tesla had some sort of leaked email about really pushing for Tesla's semi-production. And now we've gotten more and more leaks coming out of that. It looks like battery and powertrain production is going to happen in Nevada. And there was even a leak that I saw Tesla Roddy just posted or uh, Clean Technico just posted, sorry, about um, uh, the semi-production line coming together. So I'm also hoping that in this, uh, you know, new conference call, we also get an update on Tesla semi-production. It was supposed to be in 2020. Now they're saying 2021. Well, 2021 is coming up, um, especially when you think about vehicle production, you got to plan ahead. I'm really, really excited about the Tesla Semi, and I just think all this Nikola hype is going to make Elon want to talk about the Tesla Semi and like hype it up. Um, and so I'm really curious and hoping that we get an update on that on the conference call. Speaking of the Tesla Semi, one thing I thought was really cool that I wanted to mention is Tesla just dropped a like promo in a Chinese video game, uh, which has like, I don't really understand this out of my wheelhouse, but apparently this game of peace game, video game in China is a huge deal. Um, Tasmania was reported that like 27 million people play it a day. There's 400 million people that play this game. And they have this recent partnership with Tesla where they have like the Tesla factory in the video game with the Tesla Semi delivering this like secret box that then like looks like turns into this Model 3 and then it's going to be in the video game and then they're going to have a couple different colors of unlocking the Model 3 in this video game that's huge in China. And so 
anyway, this is sort of a tidbit me getting sidetracked, but this is so, so cool. Tesla, you know, what other car company does this cool pop culture marketing stuff? Like, I think this is genius. Um, this is the way that Tesla is going to get into the cultural zeitgeist of China, the world's largest automotive market, the world's largest electric vehicle market. Like I said, Tesla's not just building a Model 3, Model Y production line in China. They're building a hub and a factory in this massive piece of the global economy that needs to be electrified. They're going to build trucks, semi. They have a semi truck in China in this video. I was just talking about like they're probably going to be doing the Tesla, the semi in China, the cyber truck in China. They just opened up reservations like China is on the cusp of being a 20, 30, 40, 50 billion dollar business for for Tesla annually, potentially. So and I think all this is coming together, too, on the conference call. So we'll hear more about that as well. Lastly, on this quarter, I wanted to touch on the cash flow situation. Cash flow is about to be extremely strong. Tesla ended Q1 with about $8 billion in cash, the most they've ever had in company history. They also produced way more cars than they delivered in Q1. In Q2, they uh, delivered more cars than they produced. Remember, 90,000 cars delivered, 82,000 produced, 8,000 car overhang. That's all excess cash flow. I mean, Tesla's business already profitable and cash flow positive without that inventory excess you know, push. I think Tesla potentially could do another billion in cash flow and the quarter with nine billion in cash. I mean, the world's falling apart. Everything's crumbling. We st Tesla still has cash piling up in their company bank account. That is a good sign. That is something no car company, no skeptic, no Wall Street analyst expected a couple years ago when they were thinking about this company. You know, we got the, one of the most difficult tests of all time, this unprecedented global economic shutdown that's tragic, that's, you know, had so much impact and ruined so many different industries. Despite all of that, Tesla's emerged, reopened their factories. Production is on the cusp of setting a new record in deliveries in Q3. I mean, everything is is you know, I don't know. The future is looking brighter than ever for Tesla. And this, the numbers I'm crunching here to show a potential billion in operating profit in Q4 is, you know, is just this final validation of the Apple of the automotive world bull thesis we've all been waiting for. I haven't even gone on a rant about the full self-driving stoplight recognition, a little software I've been recognized from that. Maybe that's another episode. But anyway, I cannot wait for Tesla's um, earnings report. They're going to do the uh, earnings Q&A on say, so you can check that out if you want to submit your questions. I don't have any questions I want to submit this time. And I'm definitely going to make a video uh, recapping all the earnings, so make sure to subscribe and tune in. Huge shout out to all of you watching the channel because I hit 100,000 subscribers this weekend, which is epic that this channel I started in my apartment talking about stocks is now my full-time job. And like, we're just, I have so much in the works. Hyperchange is like, we're just barely started scratching the surface, disrupting financial media, investing, all of that stuff. Have so much exciting stuff to share with you. So huge shout out to all of you guys watching, supporting, subscribing, especially the Patreon supporters, producers who made this channel happen because 100,000 subscribers is like, I'm just blown away that I can't even believe it. And we're just getting started. Anyway, I'll see you guys next time. Peace out.